All right, greetings and welcome to Tom Thumb Studios down here at the WKKX Watchdog Building. This is Better's Last Stand, Matt, with you. Sitting here alone, actually. Uh, I got Tom Thumb down here in front of me, so he's keeping me company. Uh, Chris out of action. Coach out of action. Luke out of action. Everybody's out of action. Cooley's probably golfing. But anyway, just me with you. Going to take you through uh, what's going on in the sports gambling world here in the last week. And then we have... uh, Sam checking in from Upper St. Clair in the last block of the show to go over some racing stuff. Uh, we only have uh, the uh, NASCAR in Nashville so uh, th- this week. So that's all we have. Uh, Indy is off and uh, F1 is off. So a quiet weekend on the racetrack, but that's okay. We'll get Sam's picks and thoughts on uh, this week's NASCAR race in Nashville as well as the MLB and some of the other ongoings in the other various sporting leagues. So uh, just recapping last week a little bit from our betters last stand guys. Uh, I actually didn't go through these. I didn't have time to go through and, and, and check. Uh, but we went through the winners the other day on the uh, Monday radio show. So if you haven't checked us out on Monday, Tuesday, or Thursday, WKKX, the Watchdog Network.com. You can listen to the stream, uh, watch us coach uh, Jarrett Jubb and I, for the most part. That's our normal group. And we have a wide variety of topics we discuss, and we did get into our, our BLS picks, and we did all right. Uh, at a positive ROI in AFL and CFL, I had the Formula One winner in Verstappen, which anybody could pick, so we're not going to pat ourselves on the back for that. Uh, Sam gave out Verstappen as well. Indy didn't treat us very good. Alex Pillow won, and uh, none of us had him. He was a, he was a, a low-priced winner. He's the favorite in the race, and he uh, he's won back-to-back races, so he's staying hot right now, looking to take home that championship. Um, which is uh, you know still a long way to go in the indie season, but he's he's right now the, the guy to beat. So we'll see if uh, any of the other guys, New Garden or Rosenquist or any of those guys, can muster up some momentum and, and track him down. So uh, overall, it was a decent weekend. We were awful in golf. Uh, not that we picked made bad picks. We just we really didn't get a whole lot of luck late in the uh, in the tournament. Uh, had some guys in contention that, that couldn't get the job done. Uh, Cam Smith, um, you know, among others. Uh, Coach was out of action last week as well, so we didn't even get any picks from him, and he's usually pretty dialed into the golf scene. So that probably hurt a little bit, but uh, if you weren't aware, uh, we had a first-time winner, Wyndham Clark, first-time winner of a major. Um, He just did enough to hold off uh, some of the other guys that were charging. Uh, Rory McIlroy really did. I wouldn't classify him as charging, but he was there. Um, So Ricky Fowler faded. uh, Harris English faded. A lot of guys played poor rounds. Uh, not impressed with the course. Didn't enjoy that much at all. Uh, I'm going to talk golf later in the program. We're going to get into uh, some of the best pets, best bets at the TBC River Highlands uh, course, uh, which is the uh, uh, Travelers Championship. Yeah, it's Travelers Championship. So pretty good field in, in store for for you up in Connecticut. So it should be decent. Hopefully, we can get some prices. Uh, that tournament has proven to. Uh, yield some upsets from time to time some some big priced winners so we'll be hoping to get a little piece of that but as we always say on here in golf you in very similar golf nascar um and you know i'd like to make the comparison to horse racing you only you only need to hit one and you can be ahead for a while so that's that's the good thing about racing like that or uh, betting like that in in racing and golf and, and so forth because you have lots of different outs you don't have to spend a lot of money to uh to maybe cash a big ticket and that's that's what we want to try to do here we're all about giving you value um you know we can pat ourselves on the back for giving you max for stapping in formula one last week but um 
you know, we're not going to do that. He, he's by and you know by far and away the the uh, best racer on the circuit and has the best equipment and so forth. So it's not difficult to pick him or any of the Red Bull team to uh, be finishing up near the top. Um, but as I said, Formula One office week. Anyway, back to be recapping our BLS picks. Uh, it was a decent week. Uh, nothing, nothing to write home about. But uh, the golf was not good. Uh, but the other, the AFL, CFL, USFL, I think I was two and two. So we split out, did okay. Um, baseball uh, is getting, getting, starting to heat up here a little bit. Whereas we're getting close to the All Star break, you know, less than a month to the All Star break, which is just hard to believe. And uh, teams are going to start jockeying for, uh, you know, people in the trade market, guys that are trying to, to acquire. Uh, you're going to see some bidding wars going on for some teams that are looking to get key pieces to try to make the uh the pennant push uh one of those teams will not be the pirates uh they are uh just taking on water right now the ship is sinking as Jarrett uh put it on on the radio the other day uh and he's very much accurate on that pirates now losers of nine in a row as they lost again this afternoon to the cubs uh and just a terrible display of baseball i believe the final was eight to three um they're just they're they've lost it they have no momentum they bring henry davis up last week and it hasn't provided them even a little bit of a spark so uh it's uh it's a sad thing to see but uh they got to start to unload some pieces right now and if the pirates are smart which they're not they'll start to trade guys right now and say we are not good we're in a bad division and that's okay because we can still probably compete a little bit but it, you know, if they were to get hot and somehow win the division to make the playoffs, it's a bonus. But they're, they're, they're not in a position to win anything. So they, they need to start to unload pieces right now. And you can actually probably get, you know, some decent value back on guys uh, if you make the moves early. At least I think. But I know other people will say, no, you got to wait for the bidding wars to start. But uh, if you don't know what other teams get a bid, you may be able to, you know, frisk a team on David Bednar or some of these other veterans. I don't know if anyone would want Santana or any of the other pieces that they have. Uh, I don't know if anyone wants Rich Hill after today's performance, but the Pirates should be sellers. They should be getting themselves ready to sell right now and then p- prepare for the 24, 25, 26 seasons um, and try to get some pieces. I'd even trade Kutch if you could get a team that was interested uh, for some veteran leadership, uh, move him, and then sign him back next year. So, you know, you don't have to worry about that. You can just tell him, you know, we want to send you a contender and then we want to bring you back next year. Uh, get, a, get a few, uh, you know, pieces for him whatever you can get and uh and then move along to next year but the pirates they have no chance of competing in the national league to be able to win anything so uh they're in a horrible division and uh that's the only reason that they 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 appear to be better than what people thought but um if you if you listen to us here you know we we were very skeptical about a lot of teams in this division except for the cubs and we knew the reds i thought the reds were going to be uh about a year one more year before they started to do this, but they they brought their, some of their key guys up, some of their best pitchers, and then uh, with the uh, De La Cruz kid coming up a couple of weeks ago, it just breathed new life into the Reds, and the Reds are playing great baseball right now. Now, can they win that division? Absolutely, they can win it, and the Cubs are the next best team in that division. I really do think that it's shifting. The Brewers are about finished with their little mini run. Uh, they never had the hitting to compete uh, going deep in the playoffs, so, and they still don't. Uh, their pitching has not been as good this year. Their bullpen's not been as good this year. It should be the best bullpen and starting staff in that division, but it hasn't been. Cardinals are showing some signs of life, but they played a really weak schedule the last few weeks, so I'm not sure how good they really are. Uh, and then the Pirates are just 
floundering, and they probably will finish in last place in that division right now, unless the Cardinals just completely come off the rails. Um, but uh, to me, it's a two-horse race in the Central. The only two teams I'd even consider making a wager on right now in pretty much anything are the Cubs and the Reds. They're playing the best baseball. They have the, the best mix of young and veteran talent. And uh, I, I think both of those teams in the next couple of years are going to be the teams to beat in that division. Cardinals will bounce back. They'll, they've got to get their pitching staff. They've got to cut bait with some of these starters that they have. They're just not performing up to the standards that they're expected to be. Um, with a corner infield like they have, they got to try to win in the next few years with Arenado and Goldschmidt because those guys aren't getting any younger. So I expect them to bounce back hard. Milwaukee needs a complete revamping. They, they don't have any key offensive pieces and it's let them down year after year. I know they were thinking Yelich would can, would bounce back at some point. He is not, and they can't hit. And if you can't hit, you're not going to win. And I know people say pitching and defense win, but you got to be able to have guys that can timely hit, and the Brewers do not have that. The Pirates do not have that. Uh, the Cardinals probably do, but they have such bad pitching and bad bullpen that it won't make a difference for them. So I look for the Cubs and the Reds to be serious contenders, and uh, those were a couple of bets that we mentioned last week when we were on here with Chris. Uh, right now, you got the Cubs at nine fifty, about nine and a half to one to win the the uh, National League Central. You have the Reds at seven and a half to one, so two really good bets. I mean, I I'm actually surprised, I and mean, you better get the Reds now because they're going to continue. If they continue to win, they're going to keep dropping. Uh, and and I, I don't I don't understand it. I don't know what people are thinking. You got the Pirates at three and a half to one. That's just absurd. Uh, Cardinals around seven to one. And then the Brewers are the favorites at, at about even money, and that that is just an awful bet. That team is just not good. Um, watched them play many times this year already, and uh, they're a team I, I won't even back in, in a single game night card uh, for the most part. Uh, I'll bet them from time to time at home. I'll never bet one of their games over. It's just a mistake. You just you you cannot count on the Milwaukee Brewers, no matter if they have a favorable matchup. Uh, against a bad pitcher or uh, they're horrible against left-handers so you just you, you really have to you, you could start by this point of the season I've started to eliminate teams that I will not bet unless there's a, a perfect circumstance uh, and you know and some of those teams uh, would definitely include Milwaukee uh, the Cleveland Guardians I, I will not bet them I, I, I can't bet them because they cannot hit they're awful on offense so you could get a guy pitching a perfect game almost and he and he'll struggle to win with that team so you immediately eliminate a white Sox. i can't trust their pitching they're absolutely terrible the twins are are just they're just smoking mirrors they're in first place in that awful division uh and just by default royals you can't bet the royals games over uh i know they went over today but in, in against the tigers especially when you go out of the division with these teams um, the Royals, the Tigers, I mean, they're going to struggle to score runs, but they will give up some runs. So um, I start to eliminate teams that I, I just can't bet. Like I can't bet the Marlins over. I can I can only bet the Marlins at home, and I can only bet the Marlins uh, to mostly on unders. And that doesn't mean that you play you play the same thing every day against the team. It's not what I'm trying to say. But you you eliminate parts of, of that that team from your even consideration, where you're going to say okay. If I like the Marlins today, uh, then I'm going to bet them. But if I don't like them, I'm not not going to bet against them. Or, you know, you don't you don't force yourself into the bet. What I'm saying is, certain teams have parts of their game by now that you can tell the, these teams aren't good in these situations. You got to look at the pitching. Uh, you got to look at some of the uh, the, the key uh, analytical stats, which you can kind of get a gauge on. 
who uh, who will do what against uh, certain pitchers, uh, their contact rate, all kinds of things that you can you can look into. So um, it, it doesn't mean completely take those teams out, but you just use them in in a guarded way. Like whereas uh, a team like uh, the Rays, the Orioles, um, the Braves, like you're not you're not afraid to bet them in any circumstance. You, you Braves have good enough pitching. The Braves have good enough hitting. If you if you like them over in the game, then bet them over. But some nights you're going to like them under because they got a good pitching staff and a good bullpen. Uh, you know, so there's there's all kinds of different avenues to go down when you're when you're looking into these. But by now. Uh, all I'm saying is I, I've crossed some teams out that that only in certain scenarios that that I'll that I'll be betting them like Seattle Mariners. It's hard for me to back them away from home right now. They haven't shown me anything that would give me the indication that they're going to be a team that can win on the road. And I think that's a vulnerability that I think the Tampa Rays have too. Everyone uh, in our Pine Room group is very high on the Rays. I am not. I, I do not find them to even be a threat at all in the American League. I don't think they can win in a, in a playoff series because they only can play well at home. Their ballpark is is like a, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like playing in Disneyland or something. It's the balls take weird hops. That turf is hard. It bounces. They get all these special rolls. It's not really a true baseball field. It's 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 like a. Uh, it's like I don't I don't really know what to, how to describe. It. It's like playing in a bubblegum machine or something. But it and they're and they're just very very average at best when they go on the road. They, their numbers just bear it out. They they don't pitch as well. They don't hit as well. And I don't I mean other than Randy Arozarena um, and, and and Franco, which I'm not a huge Franco fan. I think he's a decent player, but uh, he gets the stardom. Uh, you know, they talk about how great he is. Arozarena is the best hitter on that team and the best player on that team because he's the only guy that can hit in the playoffs and produce uh, in the clutch. And that's that's why teams like Tampa won't won't ever threaten. Uh, Houston's uh, been terrible lately, but now they lead the Mets nine six here today. So if they can get their lineup um, healthy again and, and clicking, then they they have just enough hitting that they can win. Uh, their bullpen's been bad though lately, and that's a problem. And then their starting pitching hasn't been as good. So uh, plenty of things to look at in, in Major League Baseball as we push forward. Um, but uh, the Cubs and the Reds are the teams that I would back. The Texas Rangers are really good. They're seriously uh, contenders. And if they could acquire a top-end starter at the trade deadline or before, they would absolutely be a play for me in the American League. I, I've watched them now several times. Their lineup is pretty good. Their bullpen is okay. And they play pretty good defense. So they have a lot of pieces. They're pitching can it hold up? I don't think Nathan Avaldi's a number one starter. Jacob Degrom out for the year, and, and then some. So that really hurts them. But if they could acquire a, a decent name, uh, frontline starter, a number one or two guy, I think Texas is a team to reckon with in the American League. Uh, I haven't, like I said, I, I don't find the Rays to be a threat. I do not find the New York Yankees to be a threat whatsoever. Um, the Orioles don't have the starting pitching up top to be able to win in the playoffs, but they're not supposed to be able to win yet. So we'll pass on them uh, as much as I would love to see that happen. I still think Toronto, if they could get it, uh, maybe add something at the deadline. I think their lineup is good enough that they can make some noise, maybe upgrade their bullpen a touch. I wouldn't totally dismiss Toronto, but Toronto and the Rangers, to me, are dangerous teams in the American League. That Nobody out of the Central is going any further than, than one round in the playoffs. Uh, but I right, I right now I, I'm more interested in the National League and, and the Braves are definitely by far without question the best team in baseball, um, in my opinion. 
they have the the best, uh, the most well-rounded roster with the starting pitching, the bullpen, and the offense. And they got great defense from guys like Acuna, Ozzie Albies. They they can play. Uh, they were they're definitely the front runner. I'm disappointed in the Padres. They've not performed well. Their pitching has let them down immensely. Although Blake Snell's turned it around a little bit, so I wouldn't completely sleep on them either. So we'll see what these teams do here in the next few weeks as they get uh, ready to make a move uh, or, or add a piece or move a piece. But the uh, the Giants, another team playing well right now. Not a great, talented roster, but they do everything they need to do. They play defense, they pitch, their bullpen's good. And they get some timely hitting. Uh, Mikey Stremski, he's a very underrated player. He's, he's good. He's a clutch guy. Kind of guy that could win games in the playoffs because he can hit you know in pressure situations, which a lot of guys can't. So uh, we'll keep an eye on it. But right now, I consider uh, back in the Cubs reds and giants all to make the playoffs and uh don't don't dismiss the uh rangers and the blue jays going forward if you have any thoughts on those teams uh don't give up on them yet padres as well i still think there's enough uh left on the padres and if they could get a right move and get a little spark they could still be dangerous to maybe sneak in and make some noise like they did last year uh moving on nfl uh we're in the mini camp stretch of things everybody wants to talk about that i i don't think it's worth talking about from a betting standpoint gave you some some bets last week that I liked a lot. Ravens over their win total, Packers under their win total, and the Texans over their win total. Uh, we'll talk in the weeks to come when Coach and Chris and Luke are back and uh, start to get an idea of our uh, or how the divisions are going to look. But uh, a lot of guys still out there, Dalvin Cook, uh, Zeke Elliott, DeAndre Hopkins, those guys still looking to find homes. So it's hard to really get a barometer on some of these teams yet. Um, and then the quarterback plays, what it all comes down to. I keep hearing people touting the Bears heavily about they're going to be an eight-win team at least. I just don't see how that's possible uh, unless Justin Fields figured out how to pass over the offseason, which I find that hard to imagine that he could get that good that quick. But uh, the teams that can't throw the ball will not win in this league. It's pretty evident. It happens every day. Uh, it happens every year. Uh, Jalen Hurts is is not a running quarterback. He's a passing quarterback. So people start to loop him in there with Lamar Jackson's and those kinds of guys are not. There's a completely different quarterback. Justin Fields is a run first guy. Lamar Jackson tries to be a pass first guy, but I'm, I'm hoping that with the new offensive coordinator, that the Ravens will improve. And I, that's why I like their win total over. Uh, but Justin Fields and the bears have a long way to go. They have a bad coaching staff and I don't, I don't see any way that they, uh, they are winning eight or nine games. Uh, but that division's up for grabs. Uh, Detroit may not be as good as everybody thinks. And, uh, you know, and then the Vikings uh, probably not going to be as good as they were last year as they won a lot of one-score games. But we'll talk plenty more NFL as time gets ready here, uh, seeing uh, where guys end up and who's coming to training camp and who's looking good and so forth. And when, beware when you hear the don't fall for the old, oh, uh, Jordan Love looks great at, at practice in his shorts and his T-shirt. Don't fall for that. These these coaches have to come out and say that stuff. they got to try to build these guys' confidence up. Uh, trust some of the, the longtime beat reporters. You're going to get a much better idea. The guys that aren't homers, the guys who you'll who have critical, uh, you know, observations in their work. So be sure and look for that because you can you can learn more from them than you will from any of these coaches. And uh, as we get closer to NFL preseason, a time of the year where people think, uh, you, you know, you, who would bet a preseason game? Well, I can tell you for a fact that professional sports bettors, the majority of them. Uh, prefer the NFL preseason to the NFL regular season. The numbers aren't as tight. Nobody's paying attention to it. The coaches basically tell you what's going to happen in the game and the game plan and who's playing. So if you can hunt that information out, you can find winners. So we'll help you do that when we get closer to the preseason. All right, 
Let's jump over to uh, NBA real quick. John Morant suspended. Suns make a big trade. John Morant traded for or traded <laughs> suspended for twenty five games, and the uh, which he should have been suspended for the year. The Suns make a big trade to get Bradley Beal, but they got to round out that roster with some league minimum guys. They now have Beal, Booker, and Durant. It's a loaded threesome right there. They got to get a point guard and they got to get some uh, bench players. They still have Aiton, but I expect them to move him, try to round the bench out. They would be stupid not to. Uh, and then the NBA draft, which is tomorrow night, which would have been last night when you're listening to this. Um, big move on Brandon Miller this morning. He's now minus four dollars to go second. Uh, Victor Webinyama, without question, is going going first. Probably one of the most talented players I've ever seen. His video, if you haven't seen him play, look him up because it's worth it. And I'm, you know, I'm by this point of in my life, I think the NBA is the worst sport on the planet. Uh, 20 years ago, I loved the NBA. I absolutely loved it. It may have been my favorite sport. Uh, Victor Wembanyama kind of brings me back to that, although I've never seen a 7'5 guy play like a point guard. But it, he plays with a purity about him that I like, and uh, hopefully, cause similar to Giannis, uh, hopefully he can uh, you know perform as well. He's a little frail, which would be a concern injury-wise, but, man, this guy's good. He's, he's a highlight reel and definitely one of the most talented uh, prospects you, you've ever seen. Uh, in the NBA. So he's uh, he's minus 170 to win the rookie of the year. He's going to go number one to San Antonio. Now it's up to who Charlotte's going to take, where they're going to take uh, Scoot Henderson, uh, who was getting the steam, is going to be the second pick, or about Brandon Miller from Alabama. Um, that That's going to come down to that tomorrow. I, I don't, I'm not into the NBA draft betting. I'm, it's just not something that interests me. Uh, if there was something out there that I'd recommend to you, uh, I would have told you last week there wasn't anything. I mean, Webin Yama's by, buying away the best player in this draft. Uh, rookie of the year, though, is interesting. Webin Yama, minus 170 favorite right now. Uh, Scoot Henderson, plus 450. Chet Holmgren, if you remember, he was the kid from Gonzaga who was out for the entire season last year. So he'll be eligible for rookie of the year, the big kid. Big, uh, skinny, lanky kid. Uh, nobody's beating out Webin Yama if, if he plays. Uh, and then Brandon Miller is 16-1, to 1, so... Uh, and you can take this bet, Victor Weminyama versus the field, minus 170, and the field is plus 130. Probably wouldn't do it. Weminyama, again, just just too good. If he stays healthy, even Greg Popovich can't mess him up. So we'll see what, what the Spurs can do uh, with a talent like that and see if they can start to bring their franchise back to prominence. Uh, NHL-wise, we have buyout season coming along. Hopefully the Penguins will buy out some of their guys, uh, revamp that roster a little bit, the new GM and uh, assistant GM or president of hockey ops and assistant GM. I have a lot of work to do to get that roster deeper and, and able to compete in, in a uh, playoff season, which is the hardest by any by any standards in, in any sport to, to win 16 games. Vegas had depth, and, and, and it showed. And they got fortunate goaltending out of a nobody and a couple of guys, actually. Uh, but Hill got them through it, and uh, their depth was enough. And that's what the Penguins won on a few years ago when they were – uh, winning cups in 16, 17, and then probably would have won in 18 if they beat the Caps. Caps went on to beat the Golden Knights that year. Definitely most people thought Penguins Caps winner was going to win it, and uh, the depth was there, and it's not there anymore. The guys are getting older, and you got to rebuild this roster. So uh, Granlin probably gets bought out. Petrie, I don't know what else they're going to they're gonna do, and they hopefully they don't sign, re-sign Tristan Jari. He's just been... Uh, catastrophe and he can't win it he can't play in the playoffs he's just he's not mentally equipped so it doesn't matter if he's better than what you have it doesn't matter you can't take you can't tie that money up you're better off missing the playoffs again next year to not have all that cap taken up by a guy who's a loser and then focusing on the year 
uh, after. If you have to do it that way, I know that's not ideal, but uh, that's maybe your only choice. Um, USFL playoffs. We got the playoffs this weekend. The Pittsburgh Maulers out of nowhere make the playoffs. Uh, they win two in a row to, to get in, and they take on Michigan, who they've beat twice this year already. They beat Michigan 23-7 and 19-7. So uh, the Maulers look like they could be a, you know, a decently tough out here, although I think the other side, probably the winner of that game, is probably going to be the team to beat. But you never know. Uh, that game Saturday at 8 o'clock. The Maulers hosting the Michigan Panthers. And that's actually at Tom Benson uh, Stadium there in Canton, the newly renovated Tom Benson Stadium. Maulers minus 1.5, total 39.5. I'm going to go under, and I'm probably going to play the Maulers here. I think they got some momentum. Like I said, they won two in a row. I think they are they stay hot. They get Michigan for the third time. Everybody says, can't beat a team twice. It's hard to beat a team twice. I would have rather beat the team that I got to play for the third time twice than have lost to him twice or split with them because I know that I'm better than them if I beat them two times. And if I do what I need to do, then I'll probably beat them again. I never understood that argument. It's just like when people say when a team's undefeated, well, it'd probably be a good thing for them to lose. I don't get that thinking either. So you should try to win every time. And I think the Maulers will uh, be confident and win this uh, de facto home game at Tom Benson Stadium. Uh, and I think they the game stays under. I don't think Michigan scores much at all on Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's defense has been pretty good the entire season. It was their offense that finally caught up to make them a, a competitive team. So uh, we'll go Maulers and under. On the Sunday night game, the second playoff semifinal game, 7 o'clock kick on Fox. It's the New Orleans Breakers and the Birmingham Stallions. Birmingham, two-and-a-half-point favorite at home, total 44-and-a-half. Now they split with New Orleans. They uh they got beat by New Orleans the first meeting, 45 to 31 and then beat them 24 to 20. Uh might be a little tempting to take New Orleans here. I don't love a side there. I think maybe Birmingham gets it done, but if it gets up past 3, I, I don't want any part of that. I think it'll be a very tight game. So I'd be staying away if I get if it goes down to 2 2 one and a half, two, maybe take a shot with Birmingham or played Birmingham on the money line just because they're at home. They're the defending champions of the league, so they may have a, a slight advantage. And then uh, the under. I think it's I think it's an under game. I know both of their games were uh, decently high scoring. You had a 44 and a 76, so that's kind of an outlier. Uh, I think they'll play close to the vest here. I, I don't think New Orleans will take any risks. They'll be just trying to stay in the game in the fourth quarter. So I think under there. So, uh, that again, that's Pittsburgh and under and Lean Birmingham money line, probably about minus 130, 135, um, and the under in that one. Shifting over now to the Canadian Football League. We're in week three in the Canadian Football League. I know a lot of people don't like it. It's actually pretty fascinating. You got three downs, you got different field dimensions, you got some just some different rules, how the guys can run in motion and so on and so forth. And it's actually a pretty good product, and, and the teams are, are good, and you got some great quarterbacks. Uh, if you haven't watched Zach Kolaris from up the river play, you know, he's a local guy. He's exceptional for Winnipeg, so uh, I recommend it. And uh, Winnipeg has the best offense in the league. They play a game which will be last night, unfortunately, when you when you listen to this. Uh, but they have the top offense against BC, who's probably got the best defense. Um, probably would lean Winnipeg in that game just a little bit. They're minus six and a half, total forty nine. I think it's an over anyway. Even with BC's D, Winnipeg is really really good on offense. Doesn't matter though. You won't hear that anyway. So let's move on to Friday. It's the Alouettes, Montreal on the road at the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Tiger Cats minus one and a half. They're zero and two in the season, but they played a very tough schedule. So I look for the Tiger Cats to uh, bounce back here. I like them minus the one and a half at home. The total is forty four. Probably not going to play anything there. Uh, I thought the Tiger Cats. 
Yeah, they're they're decent on both sides of the ball, so that was a tough total. And Montreal comes in at one and zero. They were on a bye last week, so never prior is never a great thing when you have a bye the second week of the season. But in the Canadian league, you have a few of them because there's an odd number of teams being nine teams somebody's got to be off every week so i don't know why they haven't added a 10th franchise but that's up to the canadians they do things their own way saturday seven o'clock kick saskatchewan the rough riders on the road at the calgary stampeders stampeders minus three and a half total 45 and a half each of these teams are one and one saskatchewan has a former edinburgh scots division two quarterback trevor harris for those of you are familiar with west liberty Back in the uh, playoff days, Zach Amidro days, the only time West Liberty was really ever good in football. Uh, Trevor Harris was a quarterback for Edinburgh in that game uh, that was uh, 130-something points scored in the game. West Liberty scored in the 70s, and uh, maybe it was 80. I don't even remember. It's been so long ago. But anyway, it was a really high-scoring game in a playoff game. They beat Edinburgh. Trevor Harris was a quarterback. He's a quarterback of Saskatchewan. They can uh, they can throw the ball. So they, they've, they have allowed a lot of points, though, too. So... That that's that's a concern. So I really like this over forty five and a half. I think that's a really good bet. You got a really bad defense and a pretty good offense with with Saskatchewan in Calgary. Uh, the offense seems to be improving for them as well. So I think that's over is a good play. Sunday seven o'clock kick Toronto the Argonauts on the road at Edmonton the Elks. The Elks are really bad. Toronto lands six and a half on the road here. The total forty four and a half. I'll be taking Toronto. Um, it's tough to back Edmonton in, in any situation right now. In, in other than unders, uh, I'm not going to go under here because Toronto is good enough that they may be able to score 38 themselves. Uh, but Edmonton's so bad on offense, you can't really bet them over because they, they didn't score last week and it, they're just a tough team to trust yet. So hopefully they get it worked out where they can actually move the ball a little bit. But I, I don't I don't see that being uh, the case quite yet. So uh, it'll be Toronto for me there. Minus I don't want to take more than seven in the game. Uh, so hopefully it stays if you can get it early earlier the better get it around six or six and a half so again that's toronto minus the points on sunday saskatchewan and calgary over on saturday uh the tiger cats of hamilton minus the points or money line early minus one and a half so either way you want to play them there on friday so that's the cfl plays uh we're going to take a break here on betters last stand matt with you here solo today as chris coach coaches under the weather chris is probably hung over from his reo speedwagon last night uh, Luke's busy with uh, stuff with baseball, and Cooley's probably golfing. So that leaves me. Uh, anyway, Job got me all set up, ready to go. So we're going to take a break here on BLS. We're going to come back in segment two, talk a little bit of college baseball, talk a little golf uh, this week with the Travelers Championship, and then uh, recap and go into some picks in the Australian Football League. We'll be back after this on Better's Last Name. Reminder, Better's Last Stand is for informational and entertainment purposes only. All wagering activities should only be conducted by those 21 years of age or older and within the confines of federal, state, and local law. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, contact 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. You're watching Better's Last Stand. From Moundsville to Neptune to Mingo Junction, it is Better's Last Stand. Matt here with you in the studio, flying solo today. Coach out sick. Chris, uh, I don't know, he's got a big work day going on. Luke and Cooley also unavailable, so just me. I didn't think Jub wanted to sit in and talk sports. Uh, anyway, just me with you. Got college baseball on here right now. 
a uh, little bit of a vested interest in this game. Florida and TCU. Florida uh, has not lost yet. TCU's lost once, but they beat Oral Roberts the other day. So they got to beat Florida two times to get out of this bracket. But they it's 2-2 right now, and they got two guys on and two outs in the bottom of the eighth. So hoping TCU, I have a future bet. If you watched the show last week or the week before, I said I had future bets on Oral Roberts and TCU. TCU is my only shot left as Oral Roberts couldn't quite get it done against Florida the other day as they got bounced out uh, or by TCU, sorry, uh, bounced out by TCU. So got TCU left uh, right now. They're taking on Florida. They got to beat Florida two times. And then on the other side of the bracket, you got LSU uh, with one loss and you have Wake Forest who's unbeaten and they are the favorites right now. Wake minus 105 entering today, uh, which is when we taped this. So that's uh, Wednesday. Oh, and he takes called third strike looking great. I ain't going to take that pitch, buddy. Come on. Anyway, it's Better's Last Stand here with you, uh, Matt. Uh, as I said, flying solo. Be sure and uh, check out Pine Room Lager. If you haven't got that yet, go out, get that. Go out to your local bar, support the Pine Room Lager. And uh, you can buy it in stores. You can buy it uh, at most of the bars around Wheeling, and it'll continue to grow and expand. I've uh, got, a, got a nice, uh, if you're listening to this on Friday morning, we got a unveiling party down at Kegler's, a launch party for the beer. We did one at Generations a couple of weeks ago, and we're doing one at Kegler's in Morgantown on Friday. So come on out. Check out the Pine Room guys if you're down in the Morgantown area. Get some good wings. Enjoy the beer. Uh, have some laughs and uh, just have a good time. That'll be at Kegler's. I believe that is a 6 o'clock tip-off. So, uh, But check our social media at the Pine Room Studios to be sure of that time. Um, we were at the Pine Room Podcast. I think the Twitter still is at the Pine Room Studios on Instagram and Facebook. So uh, that you'll find us anywhere, uh, all over YouTube, all the platforms, Amazon, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the places where you get your podcast. Be sure and listen to the regular show. It was uh, me, Jub, Jarrett, and Cooley last night. We were a little light as the REO Speedwagon had a few of our guys out of action. Jeff was also under the weather as the Clearview flu is going around, apparently. Uh, he and Coach both down for the count. Hopefully, they're feeling better soon. The Doyle's getting ready to go on vacation, so that'll be good for them to get some relaxation. I know they've had a long, long season of Luke's baseball and uh, just uh, everyday grind of work, so hopefully they enjoy that. And, uh, you can listen to the regular podcast, though, as I said, uh, all over YouTube and all the platforms that carry podcasts. Uh, we had a pretty entertaining show last night. It was funny. We had some some good topics, talking about Taylor Swift and some other crazy things. This submarine, which it doesn't look good. These guys will probably be dead by the time you watch this podcast uh, for Better's Last Stand or listen to this podcast while you're on the treadmill or whatever you're doing. Uh, hopefully, you're enjoying the show. If you have comments or anything that you want to see us do differently or any types of uh, sports you want me to focus in on there's so many markets that that you know are available in these sports uh if there's things that you would rather me focus on um you know runs in the first inning no or yes uh, we can do more of that i'd be happy to do that uh with you but there's tons of things out there so contact at the pondering podcast.com if you're interested in giving us any of your feedback we appreciate Everybody that listens, um, as I said, college baseball-wise, I'm just down to TCU, so I don't think that's going to turn out very good. Uh, Wake Forest spying away the team to beat here. But Florida, as we told you last week, they, they had a really favorable bracket. So I think that if you if you took a shot on Florida earlier, you're sitting pretty good right here uh, as they take on TCU right now in the ninth inning. But they got to get beat twice, and uh, they probably have enough uh, of a pedigree to be able to knock out Wake Forest 
if they should get to the championship series against the Demon Deacons. Um, I don't know if that's this weekend or it may wrap around until uh, early next week. But anyway, College World Series uh, down to four teams, Wake, Florida, LSU, and TCU. So hopefully you're uh, finding some winners there. Uh, the One thing in bad beats that I wanted to mention, the, the balloon leads in these games, TCU, UVA, Stanford, uh, two of the three are, are out of the tournament already because of the blown leads they have uh, given up. Pete Alonzo just hits a two-run home run against the Astros to make it 9-8. This Astro bullpen has, has not been good. Uh, anyway, uh, too many blown leads in college baseball. Taking a position on a team that falls behind early, especially if it's the favorite, the pregame favorite, uh, is a very good thing to be doing. So keep an eye on that. If it's something that, that you know, maybe you could turn into something over the weekend, uh, turn it into some profit. If Wake Forest or uh, Florida or whoever's playing uh, falls behind, uh, you jump on them because they, they can erase these eight-run leads like nothing. So uh, definitely worth looking at. Uh, another bad beat. Last night, Rangers and White Sox. This is Tuesday night baseball. Um, it was, I don't remember if the game was 5-4 or 6-5. Anyway, it was a one-run game. The Rangers had tied the game. They had been down early, uh, but they had a really bad call at home plate. Um, the catcher, Jonah Heim, uh, they, they ruled he illegally blocked the plate as Elvis Andrews was trying to score from second on a base hit late in the game, which uh, eventually ended up being the winning run for the White Sox. Um, at, at first, he's called out. He, he was absolutely out. He was dead on arrival. It wasn't even close. Uh, I, I still can't I'm, – I'm, I'm still baffled that they went and reviewed this and that they changed the call. Uh, they called him out on the field. He, he was The plate was not blocked. It was easily accessible. If Andrews would have been able to get there first, he would have easily got his hand in on the plate. But he wasn't. The catcher did a perfect job. He was right there. He straddled the plate. He didn't block it. Took the throw and tagged uh, Andrews easily out. wasn't even close. Home plate umpire gets it right. But after review, they say uh, that he blocked the plate and that the run counted and the Rangers lost. Uh, Bruce Bochy went nuts, and rightfully so. He was uh, just enraged after the in the press conference saying how bad of a call it was, the worst he'd ever seen. The White Sox announcers, who I was watching the game on their announcing, the uh, NBC Sports Chicago, and they, they both said they, they got this call so wrong. I mean, they were happy to accept the, the run uh, you know, for their team, but... They said it was absolutely the wrong call. They couldn't believe it, and they had never seen anything like it. So here we go with the Major League Baseball now turning into the NFL where they're so worried about player safety uh, that they're changing the rules of the game, and you don't know what's what. And each game is different, and that's the problem that I have with it. If Buster Posey doesn't get hurt all those years ago, uh, get his leg unfortunately caught under him uh, on a collision at home, this that, that rule is never even put in into the rule book it's not even considered for years and years and years you were able to knock the catcher uh and in this case there was no contact whatsoever and i just find it hard to make a call like that when there is no contact uh really really bad job by the by the review team and the and the umpires and the crew chief whoever the crew chief was on that i didn't look it up but an awful job and you hate to see that and you think my god you know the rangers are going to be in a, in a division battle here with the astros and the angels and that game costs them uh they'll, they'll be sick about it and uh it just you're changing the game. You're absolutely changing the game based on the, the bad luck of one guy who hurt his leg, not his head. And uh, you know if Buster Posey isn't an MVP uh, caliber player at that point in his career, 
Uh, you know, if that's Austin Hedges or some bum catcher that gets run over like that, they don't even think twice about changing the rules. So, uh, again, that's our society. We change the rules when it applies. Only certain people were, uh, you know, found guilty, while other people will found, be found guilty based on on their status in the world. And, and and don't think for a second that it doesn't have something to do with the caliber of player that's out there and these rule changes and how they do it and. Um, NFL is a ruined product, and uh, which we'll be talking plenty about that down the road. I don't even want to talk too much about it now. And baseball, uh, for all the good things they've had happen this year with the, these really exciting seasons so far, uh, the rule changes have been a great benefit to the game. Uh, the viewership is up. Crowds are up. The, this, the excitement of the game is up. Stolen bases are up. I mean, they're doing a lot of good things here, and then they ruin it by having a dumb rule like that. So, anyway, that is a terribly bad beat. If you had, uh, if you had the Rangers in that game, or in any any type of other thing, Rangers futures bets, Rangers uh, win total for the month of June, which is something that they were in the mix to get uh, top team in the in the month of June. Yeah, well, this didn't turn out well for you. A uh, couple other things I want to mention. Marlins, the Miami Marlins, 18-5 and five in one-run games. The best ever in a modern era by this point of the season. Incredible. Like I said earlier, Marlins are an under team for me. Occasionally, I'll bet them at home. Don't trust them on the road, uh, but they, they're, they're under travels no matter where they go. They pitch pretty well. They defend pretty well. And they're not a great hitting team, so they're not, uh, you know, smacking the ball off the cover or <laughs> smacking the cover off the ball. They're not doing that uh, very often. Uh, they have Luis Araz, who's best hitter in the game right now, as far as uh, singles hitter, uh, but he doesn't do a whole lot of uh, driving and runs. So uh, Marlins, keep keep an eye on that. Eighteen to five one run games, and I like them in unders. Uh, Congress is eyeing uh, the these the uptick in controversial issues with sports betting. It's going to happen. More states are are getting on board with it. Congress should stay the hell out of it. They don't know what they're talking about. Uh, I'd be surprised if anyone in in Congress, Senate, or uh, House even knows what sports betting is. Maybe a couple of people. But uh, just stay away. It's regulated. When, When it's regulated... People find out, you know, who's who's abusing it and things that are happening. Um, you can hold sports books accountable. I, I, I'm all for, uh, you know, fair uh, payouts in the situations, uh, you know, where the games are uh, uh, rained out, ref- whatever, avoided. Uh, you know, that's that's that I can I can get behind. But uh, as far as them trying to protect the integrity of sports betting, uh, they should just worry about politics because they they don't do a very good job with that. Uh, North Carolina signs a bill into uh, in, into law last week. They they are now going to be a brick and mortar state. I believe the Indians, one of the native tribes in North Carolina, I believe controls all of their rights. Uh, Soup, one of our good buddies here on the podcast, the Pine Room Podcast, he lives in North Carolina now. I know he'll be excited about this. Hopefully, he's near a casino because I don't know how soon they'll have mobile uh, in Carolina, but they will have uh, brick and mortar. So be looking for the sports books down in North Carolina if you happen to be listening down in that area. Uh, and if you have any questions about it, I'll continue to give you more information as it comes. Uh, a lot of these states don't know what the hell they're doing at all. So when they sign these bills, the governor doesn't even know what the hell it is. And it, it takes a while for them to get it implemented. So I think brick and mortar should be coming by football season in Carolina and then probably mobile to follow. But again, the natives will control a lot of that narrative. A couple of bets of interest at uh, DraftKings over the weekend. $60,000 bet on Victor Webb. And you all want to go number one in the NBA draft uh, is 200 to one. And uh, it'll get the guy back for the 60K bet. He'll win $300. So. 
Uh, I guess it's no such thing as a guarantee, but it's pretty pretty much a damn guarantee that he's going number one to the Spurs. So I uh, still wouldn't want to put 60K down on anything and just, you know, Wimbledon could die in his sleep tonight. God forbid. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's 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 never a guarantee. You've seen too many strange things happen. Also, DK took a $1,000 bet on the Cincinnati Reds from, uh, they just announced this. It was 600 to one way back preseason. Pays $600,000. So the thing looks pretty strong right now. The Reds can make a little uh, run into the playoffs. Maybe you get a chance to hedge out and lock in some profit. And, uh, you know, we always advise that here. I know a lot of people are against that. Professional people will tell you that's not a good thing to do. But you want to try to lock in profit. That's what you're here to do this for. Um, you know, who, why why throw away profit that you can use to bet on something else later? So um, top 10 uh, U.S. sports betting states in handle right now. New York, uh, $1.36 billion. They lead the way. Uh, New Jersey second, 779 mil, PA 495, Massachusetts 455, Maryland 320 million, Michigan 305, Indiana 283, Tennessee 280 million, Louisiana 193 million, and Iowa 147.7 million. Uh, that's the top 10 uh, for the first quarter of the year. Actually, it'd be the second, about the half halfway point of the year. Um, one thing that surprised me here, Ohio came out of the gates really strong, was one of the top states. Like They actually were contending with New York and New Jersey, and they've completely fallen out of top 10. So I don't know if it's just uh, the sports that are in season, whether a lot of Ohio people, it's hard to imagine. They got two pro baseball teams in the state. Um, it surprises me that they've dropped out of the top 10. So keep an eye on that, although they've had some issues. Uh, they've had some, some books, having some uh, partial shutdowns. We've had some suspensions. We had the Alabama incident betting at the uh, at the Fanduel book in, uh, or it was an M- bet MGM book at the uh, the Bank One, not Bank One, Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. Yeah, so there are a lot of issues there, and uh, we'll keep an eye on that because I am curious to see why Ohio has fallen out of the top ten completely. Uh, a couple notable college football games. They start putting these things up: Utah minus ten versus Florida. Uh, TCU against Colorado and Coach Prime. They're a 19-point favorite. Penn State over the beloved Mountaineers. Minus 20, the Nittany Lions are, which I'd be betting that right now. If you if you can get it before it goes to 21, jump on that thing now. WVU is in trouble. Uh, LSU minus three against Florida State. That should be a really good game. And I thought both those teams showed some promise last year and both could be serious contenders uh, next season or this season, I guess you should say. Um, Bob Huggins out at, at, at uh, West Virginia, a DUI situation. He already had the issue with the slurs earlier in the summer. So tough time if you're a Mountaineer sports fan. There's not a whole lot to be excited about. Baseball team plummets at the end of the year. Football team is going to be awful, and basketball team may lose some of its key recruits. We'll keep an eye on who maybe they get as a coach. Uh, if they get Jared Calhoun, I'd be betting the, the under real quick. Uh, not sure why they don't reach out to uh, Coach Crutchfield down at Nova Southeastern. They would be stupid not to. Uh, he's a West Virginia guy, so um, I don't understand why anybody wouldn't call him first. Jared Calhoun, I mean, he owned Jared Calhoun when they coached in the Mountain East against each other, so really not certain why that would be a thing. Uh, and then I thought Joel Mazzula made a lot of sense from the Celtics. He'll be fired after this year anyway if they don't make it to probably at least the finals. He probably got lucky he didn't get fired this past year with the way that they uh, got upset by the heat and were very unimpressive in uh, a lot of the stretches of the playoffs. Anyway, uh, not to 
divert too much from the task at hand here. That is going to be to try to find you a winner in the Travelers Championship at the TPC River Highlands course in Cromwell, Connecticut. Uh, this course uh, it has yielded a lot of uh, wins to kind of guys who were uh, off the radar. Although Xander Shoffley did win last year, so uh, it, it can it's a good field. Uh, you got Scotty Shuffler, Cantley, Rom, McElroy, Xander Shoffley, Victor Hovland, Morikawa, Fleetwood, Finau, Fowler. I mean, it's it's a good it's a solid field for the week after a major. So you can't fault them there. Uh, We'll get underway on Thursday. I know uh, you'll have uh, a day under your belt. You can evaluate these when you listen to this on Friday morning and see if any of these guys uh, maybe didn't play the best round and are still you know, within striking distance. You can maybe get a better price on some of them. Uh, Xander Shoffley be a guy that I, I'm going to look at a little bit, 16-1, to 1, the defending champion. Victor Hovland, 21-1, to 1, like him a little bit as well. Um, Brian Harmon's played well here in the past, the left-handed guy who played decent in the U.S. Open last week, 73-1. to 1. Be taking a shot with him, um, and then some some of the next tier guys. Siwoo Kim, Siwoo Kim has been a top twenty machine lately. He's he's made the top twenty in like eighty five percent of his tournaments this year. So uh, Siwoo for top twenty and top forty bets, I think, are absolutely just a really good bet, and you can you can bet that on Friday morning. You, you know, if he's in contention or if he's even played a halfway decent round, you can still get a decent number on that. Uh, Sahith Thagala, sixty eight to one like him as a top 20 uh mark hubbard's been playing some good golf lately he's 160 to one and is hung around in contention in this tournament in the past two years so he's definitely worth a look at that gigantic number uh kh lee 210 to one definitely worth rolling the dice with him Seamus power at 160 uh ludwig arberg he's a newer guy european guy uh he's 115 to one and uh Austin Eckroat, another young guy who's up and comer, 115 to one also. And then Chris's boy, Minwoo Lee. I like his game for this course. He's 75 to one this week. And I think that Minwoo could be a potential contender at the Travelers Championship. A couple of matchups that I liked. JT Poston over Tom Hoagie. He's minus 115. think that's a good one. Uh, you probably won't be able to get these, but I'll have them on the Twitter page so you can see them. Before the round starts tomorrow, Mark Hubbard over Patrick Rogers. Mark Hubbard, an underdog in that matchup, around even money. So be taking a shot with him. Sung Im's game has really disappointed me. I've used him a few times. He's really, really been out of it lately. He's played a, he's had a bad season, and he's a 135 favorite over Corey Connors, who didn't play very well last week, but his game overall has been pretty solid throughout the uh, early summer in in the late spring. So I'm going to be taking a shot with Corey Connors plus 115 over Sung Im. Uh, I just think that price is a little bit out of skew. Uh, but, hey, what do I know? Uh, I thought Kempko was was a great price against Rory McIlroy last week. And I'll be the first to tell you that I was dead wrong on that. Kepka did not not bring his A game. And uh, Rory grinded a, a long enough to, to, to be a, a thorn in my side. But he never really threatened to win the tournament, if you ask me. Uh, and then the last matchup that I like, Seamus Power. About a minus 115, minus 120 favorite over Brendan Wu. As I said, Seamus Power is going to be one of my tournament plays as well at around 160 to 1. He's a he's a guy that, that shows up a lot in the top 10s in the leaderboards uh, this time of year, when uh, especially in the non-majors. Um, let's see. What else do we have here? Oh, yes. Australian rules football. Before we uh, get ready to bring Sam into the program on our last uh, segment of the show, where we talk a little bit of racing, 
Uh, we are going to talk some AFL are, are, arena. Why do I want to say arena? Australian rules football. How could I forget? It's my favorite sport. So uh, we're going to uh, try to get you some winners there. I got to say, um, been doing pretty well in these the last few weeks. Starting to get a real idea of uh, who's good and who isn't. And uh, the first game of the week is Thursday night. I'll have this on the Twitter so you would have seen it. Geelong Cats, uh, they're at home. They've really been bad lately. They they got to get it together here. They're six and seven, and then if they're going to get into the finals, they've got to get going. So they're sitting down in, I believe, eleventh place, eleventh or twelfth. They got to put some some wins together, getting that top eight. Uh, they they were their team is basically the same. Uh, they're just really out of sync right now. I've had a lot of injuries, but that's no excuse. They're too good to be playing this poorly. They host the Melbourne Demons. The Demons are nine and four. The Demons are good. Demons are a road favorite here, but. I'll be taking the cats. I keep backing the cats. I thought maybe uh, they they could turn it around last week. They did not. Uh, but Port Adelaide is really really good, and uh, that that's probably more a testament of how good Port Adelaide is and how bad Geelong was last week. So cats hung around. They played a really good first quarter last week, but then just got worn down and uh, they had nothing for the power in the third and fourth quarters. Could barely even muster a single major score in that time period anyway moving on friday 5 50 a.m uh you probably won't make it for this one either but i'm going to be backing the brisbane lions in the st kilda saints under brisbane is a team i cannot play on the road st kilda has lost all their momentum after starting the season i believe they were six and oh or five and oh they're eight and five now uh this team runs out of gas in in the second half they just can't hold up and i don't know it, it was a conditioning thing it was like this with them last year too so they really, really struggle late in games, and then their scoring just goes dead. Um, I'm like the under 168 and a half in that, but they just, they really just can't muster up a full game uh, that the Saints can't. And and the Lions, the Lions are good at home again. I just can't back them on the road. They're just they're they're just hard to, hard to trust. They don't they don't play well on the road at all. I thought they were past that, but they're they're not. Uh, nine and four in the season. Very, very good team at home. Score a lot of points at home, but just average on the road. So let's get into the games that you can bet on Saturday. It's 2.35 a.m. Eastern time start. It's the West Coast Eagles at the Sydney Swans. West Coast is really, really, really terrible. And um, they're a 54.5-point underdog in this game. The total is 170.5. The Swans are 5-8. and eight. Um, they're they're okay. This, Sydney is a team who's played well at home. Again, a lot of these teams have deficiencies on the road that get get just taken advantage of. And when they have the crowd behind them at home, uh, it it kind of masks some of those problems. So Sydney actually beat Collingwood, who's you know the team that was in first place going into last week. Um, well, actually had a bye last week, but Collingwood, who's only lost twice on the season, one of their losses was to Sydney. So Sydney can play. They can play a little bit. They're at home here. West Coast one and twelve. They're 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 just so so bad. And uh, I'm going to tell you, fifty four and a half is not not anywhere near enough points here. Uh, that is a that is a ten star play for me with the Sydney Swans. And I will tell you, if you can find this market at your book, search around and be sure you always have outlets. Look around, find it. It's going to be around nine or ten to one by for the Swans to win by over a hundred. I, I really think they can win by over a hundred here. So take a look. Um, the the fifty four and a half is not enough, and Sydney's going to come out. They're going to be ready to go. They're going to want this game. They're going to pound, pound, pound West Coast. And I like the game over a little bit too because I think Sydney will probably score somewhere around a hundred and 
40, and I, and I think that probably, eh, probably almost 150. I, I'd, I'd expect Sydney to get near 150 here, and then I'd, I'd expect uh, the uh, Eagles to probably score around 30, 35 or so. So that puts you around 180, and it gets you your 100-point cover and the over. So we'll be going swans and over on Saturday morning, basically Friday night. So bet that before you go to bed on Friday. Essendon Bombers at the Fremantle Dockers is a 5.25 a.m. Saturday start time. 8-5 Bombers at the 6-7 Dockers. I've been impressed with Essendon. They're a little under the radar for me. I've watched them play a couple of times. They're not bad. Like they, they get a pretty good balanced team. They they defend better than a lot of the teams in the league. And their offense has, has been, you know, under the radar good from time to time. Uh they're on the road here, which is a little bit of a concern. They're a three and a half point dog at Fremantle, but I, I would I would recommend taking a shot with the with the bombers. I also maybe play them on the money line and around even money. Um I'm I'm gonna be taking the bombers and I'm also gonna be playing the game under. Fremantle was humiliated last week. Uh, and, and they they really got beat by a team who's not all that good in GWS, uh, Greater Western Sydney, who's an up-and-down team, not 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 great, not consistent. Uh, really, really bad loss for Fremantle. So I'm sure they're going to want to come out and, and play a little bit better. they got to want to play better on defense because they got just absolutely annihilated, and their offense was horrible. So I don't think they fixed the offense right away. I think the defensive effort will be a little bit better. So that's why I like the under. So I'll be going with the Bombers and the under, 155.5 on Saturday morning, uh, Saturday night, Adelaide Crows at the Collingwood Magpies. Magpies back in action. 20.5-point favorites, 166.5 was the total on this game. Actually, 165.5. The total, 7-6 Crows, the 11-2 Magpies. Magpies in second place now. They uh, got overtaken by Port Adelaide, who by far right now, to me, is without question the best team in the league. And uh, I think you should try to get on Port Adelaide right now. They are plus 350 to win the, the grand final. They're no, they're the second betting choice right now. Collingwood's around a little less than 2-1. to one. Uh, Collingwood is not going to win this year. I don't think they're good enough to win it. Uh, I, I would be looking at Port Adelaide and still Geelong. So as I told you last week, could be dangerous. But Port Adelaide right now, clearly the best team in my estimation. Uh, but Collingwood is good. They, they're they're solid team. They're at home uh, against the Crows. Don't love either side here. Uh, they're both coming off a bye. They should be well-rested. Offenses should be clicking. They should have been able to work on a lot of stuff over the week, rest their bodies, like the over 165.5 in that mat- matchup between the Crows and the Magpies on Saturday evening at 11 o'clock Eastern time. Sunday morning, the final game of the week. A lot of the teams on buys. You got six teams off this week, so that's why the card's a little shorter. Got the Hawthorne Hawks at 4 and 9, visiting the Gold Coast Suns at 6 and 7. Gold Coast, 23 and a half point favorites. 169 and a half is the total. Gold Coast is a team. You hear me up and down on them. Last week I played them. They got absolutely humiliated. Chris. I believe he did it out of spite. Uh, he he had the winner in that one as, as they just got just totally embarrassed. Uh, but they're back home this week. Play well at home. Uh, the home team's won six straight in this series. So I think that Gold Coast definitely bounces back. Hawthorne, just the team that's just not very talented. They play hard. Um, they're inconsistent. They've been okay at, at home. They've given some teams some trouble. Got four wins, which is good for one of the bottom of the pack teams. Um, they're they're a little more respectable than uh, you know West Coast or North Melbourne, but they don't have enough here. I think the Suns really uh, really put it on them here and, and and win and cover that twenty three and a half, and it probably lean to the under in this game too. Gold Coast has had a, some tough times getting the offense going from you know this part in the season. They they played thirteen games and they 
They're a little inconsistent on offense, so I don't know what to expect from them. I think they'll they'll keep Hawthorne under wraps defensively because they are pretty good on defense. So I, th- I think the Suns uh, Suns and on. I don't love the under in this game, but I'm gonna recommend it if if you want to play a total in that on the uh, Sunday the late uh, late Saturday night. Actually, it would be basically 2:40 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. So if you're up really late and you want to watch that good game. Uh, Gold Coast Suns, it'll be a nice sunny day. It might be raining, but I'm not really sure. Uh, down on the Gold Coast, should be good weather. Uh, 23 and a half, we'll lay the points with the Suns. And that'll do it for the segment number two here of Better's Last Stand. Matt, with you flying solo here as we uh, approach the second beer launch for the Pine Room Lager. If you haven't got it, get out and get it. Go down to Kegler's on Friday night. This will be tonight when you're listening to this show. Go down to Kegler's, check in with the boys. Have some beers, have some wings, enjoy your time, get ready. Football is right around the corner. But right around the corner for us, it's going to be Sam, the man from Upper St. Clair. He's checking in with us. Uh, he's had a big week. He's got a got a new uh, niece in the family. Uh, our family, fortunate enough to have um, the youngster Greta, born on Saturday, and cousin Nate Roberts commits to Notre Dame. So we'll be talking about him from years to come here on Better's Last Stand as he maybe gives us a inside conduit into the Notre Dame football program that we've never had before. We've got a lot of Notre Dame fans involved with the Pine Room, but we've never really had one on the inside. And we will have our boy Nate. We're going to have him on the radio show um, at some point, either this week uh, or next week. So catch up with him, talk about the final decision, what it was like with all these teams offering him, the biggest programs from Georgia to Ohio State to Penn State to Tennessee, on and on and on. Uh, just about everybody who's anything in college football offered him. So we're proud of that. We're proud of uh, Sam's brother Max and his lovely wife Lauren who just gave birth to baby Greta. So lots of things going good here in the Pine Room. And uh, we're very happy to have you on board with us as well, listening, watching, wherever you may be on uh, on this beautiful summer's day. It's Better's Last Stand here on the Pine Room Studio Network. We will be right back with Sam to talk some racing and some other things, all sports here on BLS. Back after this. Reminder, Better's Last Stand is for informational and entertainment purposes only. All wagering activities should only be conducted by those 21 years of age or older and within the confines of federal, state, and local law. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, contact 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. You're watching Better's Last Stand. All right, welcome back in. Better's Last Stand. Matt here with you, joined by... The newest uncle in the Pine Room family, Mr. Sammy P. from Upper St. Clair. Sam, congrats. Baby Greta, born on Saturday. Then we got Cousin Nate signing with Notre Dame on Saturday. It was a huge day for the uh, the Pine Room family and our family. So congratulations to you, your mom, and your brother and his wife. Uh, good stuff. How, how's everything going? Everything's great. I appreciate it. Matt, I, I had to pinch myself a couple times. One, staring at my brother's baby. You know, if you know Max, you know, and you're looking at his kid, it's like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Right. That's well I said. Mean that, I mean that positively. No, I know. I know. We all do. But when I was looking at the TV when Nate Nate Roberts was on TV deciding where he's going to play college football, I mean, that's just 
Yeah. I don't even have the words for it right now. Yeah, no, it's crazy. The family chat line was going nuts during that time period. We get baby updates constantly, and then boom, here we go, shifting gears. The baby's good. Everything's good. Mom and baby are healthy, and we're on to Nate celebrating that. So uh, congratulations to everybody involved on on all fronts. It's great stuff. Uh, But we can't congratulate the Pirates as they continue the slide today. Another devastating loss. Uh, They really were never in the game. Although they did lead early, I guess. But uh, Rich Hill can't be the stopper that he needed to be. Uh, Just overall thoughts right now. Is it it time to uh, to start to get ready to trade some of these guys now? Yes, it is. Man, and I texted you earlier. I said first place to fourth place in four days. Yeah. I mean. uh, Yeah. It's it's really unthinkable uh, in a division it, it that's is. not good. No, and I had even texted Jarrett earlier. I said if they were this bad in the beginning of the year, I wouldn't care. Sure, you know, sure. I, I they gave you that false it, glimmer it, of hope. Yeah, they just they're frauds. Right. And, and it was such a it was so far like they were playing so well, yeah. so well. I don't know if I just fell for it. I I don't know. I think it's just it was probably wishful thinking on all of our parts that maybe you know, hey, geez, this team you know, a little better than we thought. But now it's like, man, like, how could you be this bad? Like, how how did you play that far above your head for those several weeks to begin the season? And and, and it wasn't like they were, they had a hard schedule. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know what to attribute it to, but they've definitely lost it in the clubhouse. So they can say whatever they want to do. Uh, Kutch is actually doing all right, but like it, it's. You know he he's not going to be able to save them. They're just they're just not talented enough. No, and then they call Henry Davis up, but he can't play the position he was drafted in. <laughs> I, that makes no sense uh, at all. Because you got to find out if the guy can catch. You're not you're not bringing back Austin Hedges next year. I mean, my God, if you you have these two guys, you know you bring Davis up, but you have two stud catchers in your system. You got to figure out which one of them can do it. Because if you're going to be good in 24, 25, 26, it's got to be one of them guys behind the plate because they can both hit. So you you got to take that advantage. And how many teams have catchers that can hit? Look at the Dodgers. I mean, that's why they were able to win. Like in the and honestly, the Astros. No one would ever think Martin Maldonado, but that guy hits big. He gets big hits in the playoffs, like he has. So if you can have a catcher that can produce, like Rushman for the Orioles, your guy yeah. for the AL MVP. Like, if you can have that, it's a huge advantage over over ninety percent of the other teams. It's it's essentially like you draft a wide receiver and then you say, hey, we love your speed, but you're going to be our running back instead. Right. You know, we're going to yeah. put you in the at running back. Debo Samuel's the only guy that does that. Right, yeah. right. And, <laughs> but he's a receiver make, too, so it's okay. Right, but they make it seem like, oh, like his, he's going to work on the catching as if he's never caught before. Yeah. If, if, if he's not that good, then Rodriguez has to be up here and Hedges has to be gone. Yeah, absolutely. That's and, the thing that I don't understand. I don't know he if was the team in the lineup. Have, nobody probably wants Austin Hedges, but uh, I, I I don't understand what, what holding on to him is going to do. And, and especially, and Mark Madden made this point on a show the other day. Why wouldn't you have him catch Rich Hill at the at the you know Rich Hill's been in the league for eighteen years. It's not like Rich Hill Rich Hill's gonna do what Rich Hill does. He's he's gonna be a probably to help a young catcher. He doesn't need a guy to help shepherd him through a game. Like I don't I don't get that. Well why I, they gotta they got to how could he play three days this week already and never go behind the plate? Like <laughs> He was drafted as a catcher. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's just Ben Charrington and and 
they need to have them do press conferences. Sure, they do. All those they need guys, to be held. Is, has anyone else asked Sheltie about it? I'm sure he's asked. This. Some of the guys probably did. The media. He's the only one that gets peppered with questions because he's the only one that's available. Well, they might be telling him, "Don't, don't put him behind the plate. Uh, he's not ready and or that, whatever." But when's he going to be ready? Him. That sucks for him. Yeah, it does. It does. You you get a you get a weapon like that, a guy who who can hit behind the plate to help your lineup, and then you don't even use him. And then when Reynolds going out, then it's like okay, now we can put him at DH. It's like, what are you doing, to this kid? What what an experience. And then the kid, you know, he seems like he can hit, but it's it's one thing if you if you're gonna if he's gonna get hits early in his career and he's gonna start building some confidence and help help him build some confidence in his all around game right now. When, when a team needs it, it's not like it's not like the team's on a win streak and they don't want to upset the morale right now. Uh, just bizarre, right? We we picked him first, but we didn't think he's that good of a catcher then. <laughs> right? right. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I I I don't understand anything that team does, but uh, they need to be sellers. They need to start getting feelers out there for Bednar and some of these yep. guys that they can move because they're going to have to try last to week. add pieces. Mitch. Yes. I think they definitely shop him. Teams need there's so many teams that need another starter. So many. Uh, it just they're everywhere. They're all over. You can trade him out of the out of the uh, the league. Trade him the American League. Somebody will take him. But yeah, stockpile. I even heard uh, the guy making a case for him to trade Kutch and and then sign him back at the end of the year. It's like send him to a contender if anybody wanted him. Rent him out for a year. Get a couple things back and then sign him in the off season if they want him so bad. God, we're just such a shit show. It is. Well, didn't even make it to the All-Star break, and it's already doom and gloom. So. I'm glad that you asked me a couple weeks ago on here. You said, are they going to make the playoffs? <laughs> and I was reluctant. I said no. Thank the Lord I said no. Jarrett said they might not win another game the rest of the year. I said, well, that's almost impossible, but it doesn't look good right now. Will the A's finish with a better record than the Pirates? Yeah, and it might be in play. It might, might be, in, be play. in play, Matt. The Royals too. Oh man! All right. Well, let's let's turn to a little more positive stuff uh, as we talk a little racing. Uh, observations from last week. Obviously, you had the winner with uh, Max Verstappen. That was a tough, tough pick there. <laughs> as he yeah. dominates again, uh, Fernando Alonso runs well. Mercedes had a pretty good, pretty good week uh, at a podium and a fourth. So strong showing for them. Uh, but again, not a whole lot of action on the F1 circuit, unfortunately, as, as Verstappen just dominating in, in, in only the way that he can. Uh, they're off this week. They head to Austria next week. Uh, any observations from the F1 race last week in Canada? Same old, same old shit. Yeah. Max, Aston, Mercedes. Yeah. Ferrari stinks, Matt. Yeah, they do. They do. They stink. They do stink. They need Antonio Giovinazzi driving. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe they can get him after his impressive down there run at the 24 hours. But, yeah, uh, no, it's it's Red Bull, Red Bull, Red Bull, and they continue to win every race. And um, I'm hoping that one one weekend at year I have the gut feeling that Alonzo is going to get the win so he can it's give people happen. a winner. It, I think we're on the cusp of it. It's going to happen because Verstappen's going to have one week where something's going to go a little bit wrong and, and, and then he'll probably finish second. But like, yeah, like he'll get, he'll have enough of an issue where he'll go back in the field and he'll have to pass like 11 cars and he won't be able to get to Alonzo by the, by the end of the race. Right. But we just got to find the I read an right week today that Red Bull might be, have Verstappen drive Perez's car to wow. benchmark it to see like where Perez is at. Wouldn't that be fascinating? That's pretty cool. Yeah. 
that's that's how good you are right there you're just toying with people switching things around you two switch cars that'd be incredible oh by the way uh good good move on the breaking out the dolphins hat today i had to the The, the people at home probably don't know who it is now the the no pirate hat people he's retired that for a while yeah, I, I don't know when it will come back on either. And this shelf, you can't see this shelf right here. There's probably 25 pirate di- different pirate hats up there. Oh, can't wear sad any of them. times. Maybe someday again. Uh, all right, let's go over to the Indy car. Stay on the open wheel. They're off this week as well. Uh, Alex Pillow wins again at Road America. They're next up at uh, Mid-Ohio next week. Uh, we couldn't get a winner home in, in, in Indy. Uh, we had a couple oh. guys in contention. Uh, Rossi and a few other guys ran okay, but... Uh, any observations from from the race? Uh, Alex Pillow might be the guy to be here in the championship. Yeah, Pillow seems seems very very strong. He was strong at Indy, and he's been strong ever since. I don't think he's going to run away with it because I think the competition is too good. But he definitely strikes me as the front runner. Yeah. Erickson didn't run well. Everyone that we mentioned, I mean, they ran pretty well, but yeah, just Pillow was yeah clear, was clearly it. the best. So yep. Yeah. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that, obviously. And uh, yeah, no, I think that race will actually be tighter because, you know, you know how it can go. You can have he has two bad weeks in a row and then it's right back in the mix that anybody can win it, you know, in, in that, you know, top five uh, with those. I mean, there's so many good drivers in Indy. So you, you got so many different avenues and they got some tough tracks coming up. So we'll see. uh See what happens. All right, let's shift it over to the uh, stock cars as we uh, took a week off. We're going to Nashville this this weekend. Uh, we're going to NBC now from Fox as the NBC sure. takes over the coverage the rest of the year for the uh, the Cup guys at least. Uh, where are we going here, Sam? I, I mean, uh, uh, Hendrick cars have done well here in the past, but also looked like the Toyotas led a shit ton of laps last year, but they couldn't put it in victory lane. Uh, who, who are you? Who are you leaning on here? We got some. We got some guys priced really low here with Kyle Larson plus five fifty, like a five to one favorite. That's just insane to me. What are you thinking? Yeah, it's it's a weird weird numbers because they've only raced here twice. Right. So, with the Larson and Elliott winners, but like Chastain has finished top five in both of these races, but he's raced just not well. Ever since they started talking to him about how he's racing. Right. I don't know in what his head. Happened. Yep. Right. He's just not rubbing and racing. He's not causing any problems. He's just drafting essentially but like stenhouse i don't know if you looked at him yep he's had a top 10 mcdowell bell you know the the toyotas like you said truex and hamlin it's just tough it's yeah. tough with the two races to, to go off of but those, it are, is, those are some names that i, I it is that. in uh i found it like so, trying to find tracks to, to compare this to in new hampshire or i i I don't know. I, I was kind of in in between, and even some of the reference sites that I looked at as far as trying to compare. I, I do like some of the Toyotas. I thought Chris Bell was the most valuable as far as the Toyotas at eleven to one, uh, because I mean he's going to have as good a stuff as Truax and Hamlin. Truax I like, but seven fifty is just too low for me to bet him. Hamlin eight eight and a half to one. So I, I would take a shot with Bell for the Toyota out of the Toyota camp, and then. And Larson, and I feel like Elliott's sitting on a big race here at some point. He's going to win to get himself in the playoffs. But Price, I just don't love it, and I don't love Larson. I mean, he's basically going to be favored every week. He led 88% of the laps there in in 2021. And then, as you said, Elliott won last year. Uh, 
I thought Kevin Harvick was interesting as far as under the radar at twenty to one, and, and he, you know, just being a veteran, I, I like him. Uh, he's run well at, at a lot of the tracks that are similar to this, so I'll probably take a shot with him. Maybe a top five can get a good price, plus price on that. And then I thought Eric Almarola's run all right there. He's a hundred to one. I don't think he can win the race, but uh, you know, a top ten, he's around three to one. So I thought that, and then. You nailed it. Uh, Chastain, he was actually going to be my top pick for this race, but his confidence just seems... Their whole team seems like... And we kind of talked about this, that it's tough after you have that really great year, like almost sooner than you expected to have it with Trackhouse, that they've backslid a little bit. They're They're not terrible, but they're not competing the way that they would want to. No, and last year, you know, it seems like every other race you'd see Suarez running up front consistently over and over and over and and i don't hear his name if it's not on a road course no and even even at the road course he had that shifting mistake real early in the race last time that's right. and he almost blew his that. engine so <laughs> i just they're uncharacteristically weird mistakes that they're making and as you said chastain everybody's in his head now because everyone's watching him it's just like there's a wreck on the track it's immediately oh where's chastain where's chastain so uh, that's got to be he can say it doesn't bother him but it obviously is it has it has to be bothering him yeah, I, I, I mean, he was t- Matt. He was running up, up top five, top ten, right. Every race. Yeah, no, he was a legit championship contender. Like he really was. I mean, you know, he's the kind of guy he gets in that thing. He's gonna, you know, when he does that, pulls off that incredible thing to beat Hamlin to get into the playoffs, and 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 then you know, you think, oh man, this dude's got every chance, every bit of a chance to win this, uh, and and it's just it hasn't been the the uh, the year that he's hoped for. Another guy. I can't believe I'm saying this because you and I both were pretty much in agreement on this in our in our uh, season preview shows. When's Joey Logano going to get his ass back in gear? He's having Dude. like weird stuff happening, and it, for him to be eighteen to one just seems you're finding value. And again, it's going to be like the Fernando Alonso situation. Logano's going to pop one of these weekends. It's just going to happen because he's too good of a driver. So like, we got to figure out when though. <laughs> I was just going to say we. Well, I don't want to miss it. Yes, it's coming because yes. he's too good. He's way too good. Yeah, and his team's too good, and yeah, it's just been a strange year for him. Let's see. Strange year for a lot of these guys. Um, William Byron, again, can't go wrong with him. I imagine these Hendrick cars would be really strong again. Uh, eight, eight and a half to one for him. But then you got a big drop off to Alex Bowman at thirty to one with the same cars as the other three guys who were less than uh, you know double figures uh, in the on the odds board. So. I don't know who who's a dark horse. You said Stenhouse. I like that pick. I had Almarola down as mine. Um, if you have to, if you got to pick a winner, who who are you going with? Chevy or Toyota? And then which car? I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Christopher Bell. I like it. I like yep. it a lot. I, he would be my pick as well. Like I said, I was gonna go with Chastain, but I ended up saying I'm gonna try Bell at the same price, and uh, he's been running pretty well, and he has a good history at this course. So uh, Bell and Harvick will be my top two. Almarola, my my uh, under the radar play. So, and you like I Stenhouse. Actually, I was actually just going to ask you about Kevin Harvick. Do you think he can get it one more win? I do. I do. I think. He, I think he's close. And and the way the thing about him is he's just so battle tested. And there'll be one of these tracks where there'll be uh, either a fuel mileage thing that, that his crew will figure out better than anybody else, or just one of those times where. Uh, you know, he, he may get spun around early in a race, but then he just grinds it out and, and he, all of a sudden you find him up in the mix and then, uh, you know, sure enough, here he comes and, and, and he, and he wins out of nowhere. Like, Hey, he's just, he's just so well-rounded and that's, you know, that's what I would consider Logano to be kind of similar, like the next kind of Kevin Harvick driver that's left out there after he retires this year. But, uh, I, 
I do. I think he'll win. I, I do. I'd be surprised if he didn't, but uh, he'll probably point his way into the playoffs anyway because uh, he's just so consistent. I hope he wins. I mean, he's a legend. He is. Yeah, it'd be nice to see him go out. Uh, thoughts on uh, Kyle Busch? I uh, considered him too. Uh, switching. I mean, he ran well here in the Toyotas. I don't know what he'll do in the Chevy. What, what are you thinking of him? Seven and a half. The ones is a little too short for me to bet him. Uh, but but I think he'll probably run well. What do you say? Yeah, he'll definitely run well. It, it's funny that Kurt Busch's name is the one that popped up when I was going through the numbers on <laughs> yeah. these tracks. Like he he led some laps. He did did some some good things. But I don't know. Yeah. Childress is weird. Yeah, that weird. that team's been odd. I, I I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Like Austin Dillon's showed a little bit of signs of life. Uh, a couple of races, and he's been even. You know, in the last stage, he's been you know in in the top fifteen, which you know that shouldn't be something we're complimenting. But as bad as he was early in the year, uh, they made a little bit of progress. But I don't know. I don't know what to make of them. I, I don't. I don't love where they're at right now. Um, how about Ron Blaney? Any thoughts on him? He, Blaney's just so steady, though. I mean, I don't think he's ever a bad bet, but uh, I don't know how well he'll do here. I don't think he'll do great, but I actually do think he'll get another win this year. Yeah, yeah, I do too. And, and he, he's very consistent. He he has a, you know a little bit of Kevin Harvick in him too for a really young guy and a really young, talented guy. He, you know, he can get into to, to some you know bad situations early in the race, but he sticks it out and, and perseveres. And he's always He's always knocking on the door in the top ten or top five, and uh, you know those those are the kind of guys that end up winning championships. So I think I think there's a championship in his future at some point. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, me too. I'm a big fan of him. How about Ty Gibbs? Before we get ready to wrap up, I would say I, I would really love for just a couple top five, top tens, just yeah. to prove. I know the talent's there. He's shit. He's so young. Yeah. Just you know, just prove it a little. Yeah, bit. Yeah, I like to see him uh, up it a little bit on the oval track. Uh, you know, the, the road course racing is obviously there for him. He's 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 good enough to probably win on a road course right now. I, I will like to see him take a take a little bit of a jump up. Um, how about uh, Kozlowski or Busher? Busher's been solid all year. I'd go with Busher over Kozlowski. I know. <laughs> More upside. You get eighty to one versus forty five. I mean. If you're betting it like that, but I mean, even in a top ten, top five market, you're you're getting a better price on him uh, than Kozlowski. Uh, that team's been okay though; they've been respectable. And then let's finish up with uh, Chase Briscoe. My golly, I mean, this guy—he's he, he's lucky he's not been terminated at this point. I know. So, uh, been a horrible year for him. Yeah, I mean, he's lucky that Harvick's leaving. Right, right. Because yeah, you can't it, you can't have both drivers go. No, I know. And it, geez, it would sure seem like it would almost be the right move at this point. I, I wonder. I'm anxious to see what the you know management of that team will say if they're just chalking it up to just a bad luck or what. But and last year, I thought he was very talented. I mean, he was in the mix a lot last year, and then completely no. out of it every race this year, pretty much every race. There's no man. It's like the race when is fucking wheel fell off or right. i forget what, yeah. what happened like literally ryan priest has been more in contention than him this year so <laughs> yeah how crazy is that yeah yeah i don't know all right um any thoughts on uh let's see how about uh the sun's trade how about that what'd you think of that I, I kept looking in the trade like what the hell's going on what am i missing here what what are the sun's giving up for this they gave up nothing basically i can't believe that kevin durant He's he's addicted to just these super teams, threesomes, I guess, or something. It's, it's like, uh, yeah. I don't I don't think it's I think it's going to be the exact same thing. 
Yeah. The exact same. Well, they got a, the only way they make this work, and they, they obviously it's a potent three, but they all kind of play similar. They gotta get. They gotta find some guys that are wanting to come there on the league minimum contracts that just want a ch- championship chase. Now you can't do that. LeBron made it work. I mean, so it it's possible, but they probably got to move eight now, don't you think? To try to get back to. some other pieces. I mean, it doesn't seem like he fits with that group anyway. No, he seems like he's pretty soft. Yeah, yeah. I can see them bringing in some league minimum dudes, maybe, and and then being okay, but. Uh, Western Conference is up for grabs, though, a little bit. I mean, you don't know what to make of the Lakers. and uh, the, Other than the Nuggets, I mean, the Nuggets right now, they're probably the team uh, that's most likely to uh, be the you know stable uh, team on the Western front for the next few years if they continue to add to their roster already. So, I, I mean, the Clippers, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, they I mean, Kawhi stink. Leonard never plays. So. Stink. Yeah. So, I, 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 stink. maybe the Suns just by default. Will be uh, good enough to contend in the West, but they've got to they've got to move Aiton and add some add some more roster depth. Yeah, and I'm seeing here that that Kristaps is about to be in a uh, opt in and trade with the with the uh, Celtics, I believe. Oh, jeez. Oh my, big Let's stuff. See. It says Celtics, Wizards, and Clippers. Oh, three way. Jeez, Wizards getting Celt- all, involved all over the place. Well, the, the, the Wizards aren't going to have anybody. Chris Paul's left. Kuzma's gone. <laughs> Rory Hachimura is a Laker. Yeah. Oh man. No well, they're going to tear it down to the bare bones. Maybe pull like a OKC Thunder. John, think the they Thunder bring, uh, Arenas back <laughs> with his gun. Him and John Morant can have a duel like Alexander Hamilton and Aaron Burr. West perfect handoff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about? Uh, Hockey, any? I mean, it's get it's a little early for the, but they're probably getting into that point where everybody's going to start buying out contracts here in the next couple of weeks. Penguins yeah, Granlin's got to go for the Pens. Yes. They got to get a goalie. They got to get a lot. They do like a lot, a lot with a little. <laughs> it's like, I know. Yeah, I don't know. Gensel, I don't. I'd get rid of Gensel. Yeah, they probably they they honestly I hate to say it because the guy, but they probably should try to move him because he's a tradable piece and. Uh, you know, pretty much the only tradable piece they have that doesn't have a no trade clause or have a bad contract. So <laughs> it's like if you see the hits that were laid in the Stanley Cup playoffs and the right. finals, the Penguins never laid a hit like that. No, no, they haven't in some time. They haven't no. in a long time. I mean, ever since they had Ryan Reeves and they scratched him every night. I know. Yeah, yeah, no, the game's uh, definitely it turned is. back into guys who can hit and play, like Kachuk and some of those guys up the middle for the for the Golden Knights. And that's what got it done. The depth of those two teams uh, showed, and then they got a little bit of goaltending. Penguins don't have any of that. They, their goal. I mean, and you know, I, I hate the argument that people say, "Oh, well, don't get rid of Jari because who are you going to get that's better?" I don't really care because there's got to be a guy with better mental makeup than him in the playoffs. He, he, I saw all I needed to see with him. I don't care how talented he is or not. He, he belongs. He belongs up in Canada with Toronto or Edmonton or one of those teams that will underachieve every year. Like they took Matt Murray, they could take him. Yeah, I I agree. I don't even know what other good options there are besides like Hellebeck and like I don't I, you can't trade for a goalie because we don't. No, I I thought the the most intriguing thing to me that I thought would be serviceable for the Penguins and he and he and he, he can play a lot of games he did for Columbus is that Corpusilla the guy they 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 shipped off to. Did they send him to the Kings last year? I think at the trade trade deadline. Anyway, I, I think it was him. And uh, but he he's the kind of guy I think that could be okay. Just he'll be better than Jari. He played okay in the playoffs a couple of times when he got to play. 
uh, and he probably won't be super expensive. And you know, he he went to L.A. on expiring contract, so I mean, he's going to be a free agent. So, but yeah, I don't I don't want him to go get hella bucker, and he's not good enough anyway. He's a big waste of money, but uh, I don't know. I just don't want to see him bring Jari back. I'm I'm so tired of the Penguins just status quo. Bring back the same guys over and over and over, and that's fine for the core guys, but. You gotta quit reaching. Like no more Dumoulin. Like Dumoulin can't even move. Oh man, like, he 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 couldn't play right now for the Nailers in the ECHL. I don't think he's not fast enough. Uh, he's he's got to go. He's just got to step aside and retire. Probably the thing and the things that scare me is like a Jason Zucker deal. Do not overpay him. No, he had that great year and he right. had all that energy and yeah. all that. And you gotta think Zucker's always hurt. He he wasn't hurt that much last year, so he had a good year. And the guy was talented, but we waited four years for him to have one good season. So then he, ironically, he hasn't in a contract year. Hmm, wonder how that is. And then now, he he's, I know he wants to stay in Pittsburgh, and all the guys always say the same thing, and he'll take a discounted rate, but I just, I just don't think the team, it's not going to put him over the top, so I think you just got to let him go. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. It's frustrating stuff. Um those Steelers, they're looking yeah, right. good. Yeah, they're, they're the best team in town. Who are you going to sign, Dalvin Cook? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, what about uh, Highsmith? Do you think they're going to agree to terms with him? They can't pay him too, too much. I, I wouldn't pay him that much. Yeah, me either. I mean, I he's mean, he's just he's totally a complimentary. Like Madden said in the paper, dude, don't pay a, a Robin Batman money. So, right. I mean, who's how do you determine? If he, how many sacks he would get without T.J. Watt? You he, just can't. And he's not even your best. He's not even your second best pass rusher because Cam Hayward's got more sacks in his career than any other Steeler almost. So like right. you, and he's not even a you know an edge rush guy. But yeah, no, I, I mean again, Hansmith, quality second, third option, but not not the kind of money that he's going to be wanting. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think the Steelers will do it though. They're they're they tend to only cave in to when it's like the big superstars they'll cave in and pay. But they I don't know if they'll do it for a guy like that. But we shall see. It won't be long. Mini camps underway. You'll be getting those reports about Kenny, Kenny, a week from today. Kenny. A week from yeah, today, I think chanting. Everything's going to be better for Kenny. So um, better be. Yeah. Oh, we'll talk plenty about that as the time comes. Football right around the corner. All right. Well. That'll do it for uh, Sammy today. Sam, thanks for joining the show. Appreciate your time as always. Hopefully uh, we get a uh, winner in NASCAR this week, and uh, hopefully the Pirates win a game before I talk to you next time on on the show next week. Yeah, I'm going to say this with a hurt heart and a tear in my eye. Go Bucks. <laughs> Spoken like a true fan. Well, hang in there, Sam. Good talking to you, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. Best of luck with Later, the uh, with baby Greta. And uh, you and your mom and, and brother and uh, Lauren, have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. I'll talk to you, Matt. All right. Thank you, sir. That was Sammy P. out of Upper St. Clair. Ooh. Happy week for him until we start talking about the Pirates. So good to catch up with him. Great insights on all the sports as usual. So he's uh, he's back in uh, Chris Bell. Likes uh, Stenhouse is a little under-the-radar play uh, in NASCAR. So I'll post Sam's picks, post my picks. Post anything else, anything I get from Chris or Coach in the meantime. See if they uh, contribute anything, if they have time to do any research. Anyway, we'll be back here on Better's Last Stand next week. Be sure and get out the Keglers on Friday night. Be sure and check us out on the radio three days a week, noon 
to 3 on Tuesday and Thursday, and 2 to 3 on Monday. That's seven hours of radio action for the Pine Room Podcast and in the Pine Room Studios. we got soup and stuff going up. we got this show, Better's Last Stand. We've got the regular podcast. You can find them all at the Pine Room Studios on YouTube, at Spotify, at Amazon, at Apple. Jub's working all hours of the day, getting himself uh, ready to go, getting all the stuff up for us, so we appreciate all his efforts and all the efforts of everybody, and we appreciate you, the listeners, most of all. Uh, also... Call IC Cab. IC Cab are partners as they uh, have joined up with the Pine Room guys to uh, provide car services through throughout anywhere in the Wheeling and Ohio Valley area. I think they Jub said they go all the way to Morgantown, Columbus, Cleveland, Pittsburgh Airport. You name it, get there. Three zero four two three two thirteen thirteen. I believe is the number if I remember that correctly. So that is IC Cab's Phil Savaggio. Take good care of you. They, uh, they're everywhere, all over Wheeling. It's nice to see a company uh, thriving like that in, in a much-needed market in the city. So stay safe out there. Let's hope they find those guys on the submarine before uh, the next show. Hopefully they're still alive. They only got probably less than 20 hours of air left. So you'll know by the time you listen to this whether there's a shot or not. It's Better's Last Stand here from the Pine Room Studios in beautiful downtown Wheeling. We will see you next. <laughs>